to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing alright. Doing not too bad. Got a bit of a frustration with the games I'm playing, but we will get to that shortly. Uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh, mostly still Seven Days to Die. It's uh, I'm still trying to get my head around some of the changes, because they made a lot of fundamental changes, mostly to the crafting, but also to the physics, and there's in-game quests that they've modified, the uh, the internal computer code, they've changed a lot to where you actually see the animation for some doors opening and closing, which I know doesn't sound like much, but when you've gone the whole game without it, and then suddenly it's there, it just kind of looks cool. Hmm. Um, been bouncing around a couple other things, not really anything worth noting, but I'm still just trying to find that next thing to suck my life in. Mm. Cool, cool. Uh, how are you doing with Days Gone? I finished the story. Okay. Uh, it was an okay ending for the story. It wasn't too, you know, world-ending. It kind of played out the way I figured it would play out. It was mm-hmm. very, uh, yeah. very paint-by-numbers, I guess would be the best way to say it. There wasn't a real big shock of how the ending ended. Yeah, I'd um, agree with that. And then outside of that, I mean, I'm not a completionist, so I'm not going back to, to do all the things. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I had like branching story select things. I mean, it's been probably like years since I've played it, so um, yes, yeah, a shame we won't get. I remember there was a comment actually from one of the developers a couple of months ago. I think it was just after, not a couple of months ago, just after the showcase, and they'd said. If Days Days Gone 2 was greenlit, it would have been ready by now. Like That was their estimate, but um, they got shifted to work on something else because Days Gone didn't do well and that kind of thing. So that's good. I I feel like that was a game that deserved a second chance. Um, But, you know, we'll see what what comes of that later. Uh, I had a bit of a frustrating time game-wise. I have just received Final Fantasy 16. That's not why I'm frustrated because um, I haven't started it yet, although I did play the demo, I think I mentioned that on last week's podcast, very, very good demo. Um, I'm really trying with, I almost said Breath of the Wild, with Tears of the Kingdom. It's It's got the basic basis, sorry, for, and the base for a really astonishing video game, but I'm really in this, like, 50-50 middle split where, like, Am I not enjoying this game as much because of things I'm doing wrong, or am I not? Have I not? Like, have I not learned how to do things properly, or is it the game just kind of is not clicking with me, or like where where is it? And I don't want to give up on it because it would feel really weird to give up on it. And like every single review that I listen to and read sings the praises of like the game that I, the game I thought I was going to play, but I'm not sure if because I I've. I'm doing things like I don't have proper armor, and I can't see. I still can't seem to like properly build too many things. There's things like that. I'm getting caught in between story uh, missions and stuff. By the way, speaking of story missions, some really weird stuff is like going on with the game's direction. Because I'll give you an example. So I went to see these. Um, I don't know how else to describe them other than like see people. Um, they kind of do remind me of like the Atlanteans and stuff in uh, in the Aquaman thing, and like their place is all sort of you know designed in a similar way. I think they're in the first game as well. 
uh, those same sort of people. And there's like a lot of royalty and kings and stuff like that. And I was doing this quest where this guy is trying to figure this thing out. And obviously he was Linker there to help. And this person said, oh, can you go to such and such lake to look for somebody? I was like, okay, we'll go over there, see what see what's up. Um, my story like marker as to where to go didn't change. So I had to look like deeply on the map to see where this lake was. Found it eventually, got over there, got that finished, got all that sort of sorted out. And then this person said, oh, well, this means this and such and such. And said, like, oh, can you look for, for King such and such? And I was like, okay, I don't know where that character is. And I'd gone back to the four previous characters I had interacted with, and none of those were that character. And the game was giving me this marker, which was in the place I'd just been. And the character I most recently talked to said, oh, this king went to look for something and they're on the way back. And I was like, do I need to do the time waiting mechanic? I, I was thinking of doing that. I was like, something don't feel right with this with this quest. So I looked it up what to do. Turns out what you've got to do, you, I, I, don't, I don't know how you'd figure it out on your own. Because you've got to teleport to a shrine if you want to teleport to it. Then turn around, jump over the back of this mountain paraglide into this tiny little gap and then find the main king on his throne and I'm like why didn't the game just put a marker there and say like oh and for the character to say to me oh he's under like if you like, give me directions and stuff it's and this wasn't and this is one of the kings who is like old and almost retired and it's like okay he's not the one venturing off then so I'm I'm really and I looked in the comments of some of these videos of guides I've looked up and there's so many people seemingly sort of Hey, thanks, I would never have found this on my own, or I would have never worked this shrine out without this guide and this kind of stuff. So there's just not... I, I want to be... Because I know some people are frustrated when games hold your hand. I really want this game to hold my hand at the moment, because it just isn't really giving, like, directions for stuff, or, like, where to go. And I, I don't think it should be some sort of mystery for me to figure that stuff out. Um, the game itself, like the actual game, is great it's perfectly fine i'm just not sort of i don't know like i need to find some armor but i have no way no idea where to do that and if i go to my sort of base where everybody is there's no armor to buy um because i'm getting killed really easily because i've just got normal clothes on um i keep running out of equipment and things so i'm just stuck in this sort of like awkward place with this game but i don't want to i don't want to just quit playing it i want to you know be able to to do a bit better on it so that that's kind of that in the moment. Uh, I did put a, a pause on it, and I went and finished like Poker Face. On uh, it's on I think Peacock in the US, but it's on Sky over here. Um, so I was like, okay, I I just need to like step away from Zelda because it's fr it's frustrating me. So I went and finished some uh, that show and everything. Uh, I'm gonna go on to the The Witcher next, which I know I'm due to do like a podcast for. Um, what I'll probably do with that, by the way, I know this is in the gaming talk thing, is wait for the second volume of episodes, because that comes out like next week or something. So if I watch the five episodes between now and then, then watch the new bunch, and then I'll talk about season three. So, there's that. Uh, over on, um, what's the other game I was playing? Um, well, I was going to mention some stuff with Call of Duty, but uh, there's a new season four update, so we can talk about that in the news section. Um, I did buy uh, Oxenfree 2, which I totally forgot was in development or coming out or anything. And uh, Access put out like a weekly sort of here's what's new on PlayStation. 
I was like, oh yeah, I remember Oxen Free. I really enjoyed that game. And then there's a, there's a sequel that's well, it's out now, um, and I totally forgotten about it because nobody had mentioned anything about it. It was it was weird. So that's a digital only game. So I bought that. Um, so I'll check out that at some point, uh, and then at some point as well, I'll jump into uh, Final Fantasy 16. But obviously, Final Fantasy 16 and Zelda won't be short games. So. Uh, any thoughts on my Zelda situation? I'm not like asking you for help, but just any like thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of the same situation that I've talked about before with The Witcher 3. Uh, it The game just never clicked with me on that level. But my mine was more of a control level, where yours is more of a game function level. But, yeah. <clears throat> you know, sometimes games just don't click. And I've always made that perfectly clear. I said, mm. I can tell why so many people love The Witcher. It just didn't resonate for me. That doesn't take anything away from The Witcher in terms of the game, the game mechanics, the the voice acting, the story, any of that stuff. It was just, you know, it's a random fluke that uh, I just happened to not like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally fine. Anyway, uh, that's what we've been playing. Let's take a quick break for a second uh, and do some uh, content news update, and then we'll be back with the news. See you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K-U-K to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website. Uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk e-t-a-l-k-u-k you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or 
film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show all right so recently on entertainment talk what have we been talking about um, I finally did my uh, Snyderverse podcast project, if you want to call it that. What is that, you might be wondering. It's another DC Talk episode. It's my Snyderverse trilogy review. Sorry, sorry Snyderverse trilogy and Wonder Woman review. So, uh, as you may have noticed, I've been saying on different podcasts and whatnot that I've been watching a few different DC films. It's Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, Batman v Superman, and then the Snyder Cut, just as one sort of big Snyderverse package. But of course, Wonder Woman wasn't directed by Zack Snyder, but it's still, it does still very much tie into all of that. So I decided to kind of review that because we're getting this reboot and stuff. So I just wanted to revisit the good stuff uh, in that. There is a spoiler-free section at the start in case you haven't dived into those films. I do mention in the UK where you can get the four of them and uh, which order I recommend you to watch them in. Uh, so that's that stuff. Uh, speaking of other films, I went to see Elemental, which is Pixar's newest film. Absolutely loved it. Strong must-see rating review. Uh, a bit of a different flavour of a Pixar film. I felt something different watching it, and I kind of talked about that a bit more in that. Uh, that's the only Pixar film we're getting, unfortunately, this year. But uh, next year, I think we've got, uh, well, e- e- Elio, and uh, I think Inside Out 2 is, is coming out as well. Um... Over on Gaming Talk last week, we talked about uh, Spider-Man 2, uh, some game mechanic stuff, and I also talked about Zelda's Ultra Hand. I did put that in the title because I spent a good 15 minutes talking about it, so there was that. Uh, over on other TV season reviews, I reviewed the seventh and final season of Working Mums. Uh, you can find it on Netflix in the UK, and if you don't live in the UK, you can search for it on your streaming services. Uh, usually, if you just Google stuff like that, you'll be able to find where you can watch all these different shows. Uh, chat podcast for last month, uh, for June 2023. I talked about Pride, uh, talked about uh, The Witcher and some podcast plans, and a bit of dating talk as well. Over on the DC Talk side of things, been very busy on the DC Talk side of things. We, of course, have our new Superman and Lois cast for uh, Superman Legacy. Uh, there is also a bunch of other characters, apparently, in that film as well, but that was not announced at that time. Um, it's not, not It's not looking quite so much of a solo Superman film. It's looking a bit more... This is looking a bit more like BVS if you skip Man of Steel. Like you just jump straight in to uh, whatever's going on there. Uh, speaking of another DC Talk episode, as I said, it's been busy over there. Uh, I did a podcast called How 2017's Justice League Changed DC. Very much a butterfly effect if you look at the events before and after that film came out. All that kind of stuff. I recently did a Ted Lasso wrap-up podcast. That's for the American Coach. That's for the Apple TV Plus show. Uh, United cast wrap up for season. I'll be back um, with the United cast either for a preview for next season or if we do ever get brought, which doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. But who knows? Uh, anyway, that's what we've been doing recently on EntertainmentTalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. All 
right, let's do something fun. Uh, well, we always try to have fun on the podcast. Um, sometimes we have, you know, serious subjects and things like that, but we do try to have fun. Um, so I sent you a photo. I believe you got that photo. Mm-hmm. Let me fill it up here real quick. Cool. I need to find it myself so I can actually look at it as well. I cannot find it. Um, it is the cover. I've got it now. Um, so, yeah. We have a bit of an update on a game called EA Sports FC 24. What is that, you might be wondering. That is FIFA 24. But if we remember, um, because of money, FIFA and EA had a bit of a falling out. Um, There is actually, I can't remember the name of it, there is another football game actually in development as well. Um, But this is kind of the, this is still sort of the main one from EA. They still have the Premier League licenses and that kind of stuff. Um... We have a cover photo, and I think you'd agree with me, Robert. It's a very busy cover photo for the course because we still have game cases and you know featured images of you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, throughout FIFA's history, as long as I can remember at least, I didn't start playing FIFA when it first came out, but around about sort of 2001, 2002, that's when I that's when I started playing it. You used to have between one to three cover stars. Um, I haven't actually counted how many people are on this cover photo, but it's basically an ensemble group of people. Um, no pressure or anything, but, um, can you name anybody, because there is stars that are past and present on there, because there's people that are retired. Can you notice or recognize anybody on that cover photo? Well, I did a quick count, and there's 31 Jesus. Uh, human beings on that cover. And literally the only thing on that cover I recognize is the EA logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, to be fair, if I picked out 10 random NFL players, you probably wouldn't re- be able to recognize them either. So. That's true. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, so a few of the stars that we've got on here, and we do have women on here as well, um, which is very good to see. Um, you've got... Uh, so Marcus Rashford is in the top left. That's his actual celebration. He, like, touches the side of his head. I'm not completely sure still as to why I think it's like a... Somebody said it's something to do with mentality in the game or, or something like that, but um, that's what he's started doing. Um, Pele, who is in the the back, or say the top in the middle, he's wearing a Brazil shirt. You've got the Zidane next to him with a Real Madrid shirt on. Um, Saka, he's got the Arsenal shirt on on the right to him. Then on the right to him, so right in sort of the corner is Pirlo. I'm not sure what shirt he's gone on, got on because you can't quite see that properly. Um, that's maybe like an Italy shirt or something. Uh, he, of course, played for a lot of t- different teams. Juventus was a noteworthy one. Uh, you got David Beckham. Um, he's the one sort of middle row on the left. I know that there's three men there with white shirts. You've got Vinicius Jr., Bellingham, and then the one in the middle of those three with the England shirt on is Beckham. Uh, the one next to those three, in the, right, in, right in the very middle with the blue Man City shirt on, that's Haaland. I believe her name is Sam Kerr. Uh, she's a very popular Chelsea player. She's kind of like the Messi and Ronaldo with women's football, from from what I understand. Uh, she plays for Chelsea. Uh, you've got Marquinhos, who's getting on a little bit. He's in the PSG shirt on the right of him. Uh, you've got Human Son. He's uh, he's the one who's sitting on a football. Uh, you've got Van Dyke next to him on the left. Then you've got, who's, I don't know who that Newcastle player is on the left. I can't think of his name. Got him. Um, I'm sure Ronaldinho is. Yeah, Ronaldinho. He is next to 
uh, Pele, like, but below him, the one with the blue shirt on. What shirt is that? Is that a PSG shirt? Yes, yeah, a PSG shirt. Uh, so he's got that one on. Um, I think that's Lissandro Martinez in the bottom right. He's the one who plays for us. The interesting thing is with this, one of the major differences, you can tell, obviously, these are the, let's say, CG versions of these people, because these are the game character models. These aren't like, because when you used to see Rooney and Mbappe, that was like actual photos of the real person. I wonder why they've, like, is that a budget thing, or they, they couldn't get all these people to do um, things like that? Um, Hard to tell, and I mean, for all we know, they just, these are their, I mean, they honestly, they just look like, let's pull the first asset model we have on file and throw it on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, granted, these players haven't looked that different in, like, you know, the last year or so. Um, but yeah, this is a very curious kind of big change for FIFA, because not only is it, well, I mean, let's be honest, everybody's just going to say, hey, did you get a new FIFA? That's Or do you want a game of FIFA? No, nobody's going to say, do you want a game of EA Sports FC 24? Um, so, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on, like, the name change and stuff? I mean, it's legal, so who cares? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, they didn't change the name because something about the game itself didn't change. They had to change the name because... Legally, they couldn't use the name anymore, so. Yeah, it's, um, I wonder if, you know when you go to search for stuff on stores, like the Xbox store, the PlayStation store, and certain games can have a more particular name, like if you search for PES, like if you type in P-E-S, eFootball won't, won't actually come up, because that's what PES is kind of called now, and there'll be a few other games that are a little bit like that. I wonder if, like, let's say somebody goes to search on the PlayStation Store and, like, hey, I'll pre-order the new FIFA, and they they type in FIFA, I wouldn't guess it would come up then, because in no nowhere would FIFA be... I mean, it's not in the title, so there's no reason for that to come up. Um, I don't know what happens if you type in things like COD, C-O-D, I don't know if Call of Duty comes up, I've not tried different things like that. But it will be it'll be a curious change anyway. Of course, the most important thing is like, okay, has what, what's the gameplay like for for this time? Does it, is this going to affect anything like that? But so yeah, changing from the human, I'll say the human models, that the right way to put it, to the CG in-game models. Putting what did you say, thirty-one people on the cover? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting to see how this will will go. Definitely. Um, what's that that's written on the bottom left here? Julian Tartelman. Oh, I think that's if you buy it on, like, if you buy it on PS4, you get it for PS5 as well. So, um, and this will also be on Switch as well, but I don't know if this will be any different, because uh, I think they said before, FIFA 18 through to 23, which is the newest one, are all exactly the same on Switch. Like, the gameplay is actually, and IGN is noted to put out these videos, like, one-minute videos every year. So, yeah, FIFA's exactly the same, you get kit updates and stuff, but the, it's literally a copy of the same game. So, I'm not sure, kind of, what's going on with that, but who knows, maybe that will change as well. So, but, yeah, that's um, EA Sports FC, because um, it used to be called, what, did, what was FIFA's old name? It was EA, I think it was EA Sports FIFA 20-something or other. Uh, and then they just shortened it to just to just FIFA. But I think EA Sports. So there's like a really long name that the game used to have, but uh, it's gone back to 
haven't gone back to that. Uh, at least this isn't called EA Sports Football Club 24. Obviously, the FC is for football club. So we'll see how this goes. Um, and I guess next year we'll get an EA Sports FC 25. So uh, speaking of, um, well, new games on the horizon, um, we have another Black Panther game in development. If I can find the screenshot for that as well. Um, here we go. So yeah, not to confuse this one with, there is a current Captain America game, Captain America and Black Panther game in development. Um, this is seemingly a solo game. I don't know if they have any connection or anything. But it says here, a Black Panther action-adventure game is in early, is in the early works. EA's new studio, Cliffhanger Games, is developing. Now, I saw some responses online of like, I hope this isn't as bad as the Avengers. I was like, why? And I was like, why are people saying that? Was it was this from? I completely like forgot who made that game. And I was like, so who is it? The same developers as the Avengers? But no, that was Crystal Dynamics. So I'm not quite sure why people are saying that. I mean, if you in general hope that this is a better game than the Avengers, then sure. But I mean, Guardians was also made by a different person, a different company. Um, so this is their first game. Um. No, no pressure or anything, you know. Um, we'll see what this ends up being like. I mean, I wonder... Because the Captain America Black Panther one, which I can't remember the name of, was like, that's more set during like World War Two or something from what I remember. Because it's... What was it they said? It's going to be T'Challa's... Was it Grandfather or something? It's It's not like a modern version of these characters. Because um, people kind of wondered like, okay, who would be voicing T'Challa? And stuff. I guess you could ask the same question for this. Um, I guess it would be interesting if, let's say, this game is T'Challa focused, and the other one is some sort of like older story, not prequel, because I don't know if they'll be related, but some sort of like older story. Um, some people did say that the because there was the I think it was a Wakanda Forever expansion on the Avengers game, and some people said that was like one of the better one of the better sections of the game. I never got around to playing that. I couldn't figure out how to actually access it because the game was a mess. Um, I'm excited for this. You know, as I keep saying, whether it's Disney or Warner Brothers IP, there's quite a few from those different uh, companies. I want more games from those IP because I like them and because you can have a lot of interesting ideas. We'll see what this ends up being like because there's no way to guess based on like previous resumes and stuff um what do you think this will end up being like and how different do you think this will be to the other game in development um well i see no reason why this would be a first person game unless for some reason they decided to make it a very you know splinter cell uh, stealthy-esque kind of a game yeah um, i'd imagine it'd be third person yeah i imagine it's gonna be something third person over shoulder. um Given the tech for that, uh, um, the canon for that comic, possibly something Batman-esque, you know, some kind of Arkham City kind of a thing going on, possibly. Mm. He's a very um, agile actually, character, isn't he? Yeah, very agile, got a lot of tech to play with. Mm. I could actually get into that a little bit, you know, something in the Arkham City genre style, but, you know, with uh, Black Panther, that would actually kind of be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of that, we're just way too far out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're just way, we're, way, we way too see this far game out for a while really. yet. So, um, any guesses as to which gen this is for? I, I'd imagine current gen focused. 
Yeah, and I'm still maintaining my opinion that, you know, two or three years, we're not going to get a next-gen. We're just going to get a SKU refresh like we did um, with the the Xbox. It went to the Xbox One. Yeah, the Pro And then the One X and then the PS4 Pro. I honestly think we're just going to go to that because Mm. at the end of the day, the TVs haven't caught up to the graphics. I mean, we're still not even... I don't even think we're still at 50% saturation rate with 4K TVs. Mm. And while 8K exists, it's like in the very, very niche. I mean, I think I know one person that has an 8K monitor, and they only have it because they're a professional photographer, and they shoot in 8K. Yeah. And the monitor costs them like $6,000. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is a couple of years ago, so I'm sure they're cheaper-ish. I'd hope so. Ish being the appropriate word. Actually, I'll look that up while you're going to your next story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, like, we still aren't getting enough games at 60 FPS either. I know that's like a different type of issue, but still. Um, I mean, yeah, when you come across something like a Golem or a Redfall, which is that that's not on the consoles or the screens you're playing on. That's on the actual development process of the game. Um, so there's still that to be worked on as well because the assumption, and I kind of agreed with this as well, is that we'd get 95% of games, uh, at least ones that are built solely for um, current-gen consoles, mm-hmm. for them to all be at least running at 60. Yeah, uh, Dell... UP eight thirty two ultra sharp thirty two inch eight K monitor four thousand dollars. Hmm. Cool. There we go. Okay. I'm not gonna get annoyed at this next story because I've I've kind of settled with what this is now. Uh, so this is the COD update part of the podcast. And no, I'm not gonna read out everything that's on here because I don't actually care about everything that's on here. Um. The Boys is a very big TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. it. It's one that's interesting for me to analyze because there's parts that I really like and parts that I get frustrated with, but that can make for some interesting podcasting. Uh, a lot of people love it, and, you know, Homeland is a big character and that kind of stuff. Well, uh, now, in Call of Duty, obviously there's the operators which you can get, which usually are just your soldiers or characters from the game, but the military characters from the game, like Captain Price and Ghost and everybody else that's in the game... Now, uh, in the so this is the season four mid-season refresh. So of course, when we get to a new season of COD, you have the new season, and then about halfway through the month or whatever it is, you get a season four refresh, which is like a little bit more content. And then about half a month to a month later, you'll get the actual new season. So we're familiar with how this goes. Um. Okay, so uh, you can get uh, Starlight. I almost said Starfield. Nope, it's not Starfield. That's it. Video game, not a person. Uh, Starlight, Homelander, and Black Noir, who are three characters from the show. You can get them as operators. Sounds fine, right? Like, that's not game-breaking or anything like that. I mean, you've been able to get Paul Pogba, Lionel Messi. There's uh, been a data mine thing coming up to say that they might add Nicki Minaj to this game. It's, you know, nobody's off the table. Uh, Don't forget this is also the same series of a game but more Warzone skewed that added Terminator and King Kong and uh, Godzilla and not as operators, sorry, as like other stuff in, in Warzone that doesn't matter. 
Um, so, you know, th there's ideas like that. Um, one of the things you can do in either, whether it's Warzone or Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is you can use field upgrades. Usually these are things like um, a decoy, which a lot of people actually fall for. And some people fall for their own teammates' decoys, which is funny but frustrating at times. You can get things like portable mines, you can get dead silence, you can get uh, like more powerful ammo. Things that you'd expect to get. I mean, powerful, more powerful ammo is like, okay... That can just be a higher caliber of bullets and that sort of thing. That's that's fairly straightforward, right? What's not straightforward is the ability to use Homelander's uh, heat vision in the game. Now, because on the picture that I've got, which is like their social media posted picture, there are four... Um, I'll call them emojis for lack of a better word. One of which is a person... Um, jumping really high. One of which is somebody doing something with their arm. The other one is the heat vision. And the other one is something like... There's a circle around the person with like energy coming off of them. I'm not sure what all of them are. But I think one of them is a really, really high jump. And the other one is Homelander's heat vision. Um, this is... I don't think this is in multiplayer. Because I did play two or three games earlier. Because I wanted to see if it would come up. Nobody seems to have it in that. I think this is for DMZ and for Warzone. I saw a clip of... It was like 30 seconds. Now I know, okay, if you clip things up on the internet, things can be out of context. This was simply just showing a game mechanic. You don't really need any other context. Of somebody in... I think it was DMZ or Warzone. I couldn't quite tell. Of somebody was playing the game... Uh, somebody started shooting at them from behind. They then activated their field upgrade and lasered the player behind them. On a modern warfare series, which is supposed to be like the boots on the ground version, because you've had like Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, Black Ops, which is a bit more tech-based, let's call them that. Um, I'd be absolutely furious if somebody killed me with that, in, in particularly in this game. If I was playing Halo or Apex or something like X Defiant even, because uh, even in X Defiant one of the ideas is, okay, you can play as like a Splinter Cell S character or a Watch Dogs S character, so it's not quite so grounded there. I imagine they'll add like Ezio or something and you'll be able to do things with, with, with that. Um... There's been a lot of ridiculous things that have happened with Call of Duty, over the, particularly over the last couple of years, which I've recapped and stuff. I talked about the King Kong Godzilla thing, which was like really pointless and like silly. Um, this is quite out there. Like I saw the other mechanic of somebody like boosting off into the air. Uh, they didn't. I don't think they took any fall damage because I was kind of wondering about that as well. Although in Warzone, I think you can use a parachute. So whatever. Um. I, I really have I, I really don't know what else to make of this, but if I was playing a grounded military shooter and somebody turned around and laser beamed me, it that just I I just don't think that belongs in this game. Um, like if you you can add like whatever celebrity or person you want, as long as there's no kind of like they can do a certain thing to you. But obviously these characters from the boys have powers. Um, so, yeah, there's there's that added. Um, I know you don't play the game, Robert, but I know you obviously you know these characters, uh, Black Noir, Homelander, and Starlight. What do you think of the idea of these being in the game and the and the mechanics I have tried to describe there? Uh, the characters in the game obviously wouldn't really fit 
um, what they were doing, but it would kind of sort of make sense. Um, having the superpowers obviously overbalances and completely breaks the game. I feel like it breaks the game, yeah. Now, I know they had that issue a little bit with Fortnite when they would put superpowered characters in there, but it wasn't you chose that character. It was you obtained an item and gained the powers of that character temporarily. So I'm wondering if it's possible that that's what's going on. It's like you find something and then your operator swaps out with Homelander or Starfire or Black Noir or something like that. Um, but then you only have that for a little bit of time. I, I hope this is a limited time thing in the game. Uh, basically how field upgrades do work is you do have a charge time for it, but there's two things. One's called, what's called I, I use it, it's called overclocked, which is where you can put, you can store, sorry, two field upgrades because you can ha you can select two. Uh, mine, I think, are uh, the portable radar and the, and the um, decoy thing. Uh, I, I use those two, um, and if you have overclocked on, you you can use two, and then it recharges. So if you use that, and you also use, how oh, is the other perk called? Um, there's another perk that like charges your field upgrade quicker. I think it's like forty percent quicker. So you could laser two people in one go if you if you like play it right. Um, and there will be people that will like camp and sit in the corner, wait for it to recharge, and then do it again. Um, or what you could do is do the camp thing where you sit in the corner, wait for it to recharge, do a big jump in the air, use your other field upgrade, and then laser somebody. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think this kind of breaks the game, but this shouldn't be... When Season 5 comes back, comes around, whenever that's going to be, um, I don't think it will be staying in the game. But I, I'm just, yeah, I'm surprised that they've put, put that in. Uh, some, of the, some of the quick little things, um, there's apparently the... Uh, raid finale, which is like parts of the story or something. Um, there's some other maps and things that you can do. Um, a new field upgrade called Portable Redeploy Drone. Nobody's going to use that. Because um, not, not a lot of people use drones in the game, even though they're very tactically useful, but then people aren't really concerned about tactics. They just want to jump around like headless chickens. <laughs> um, there's a new multiplayer map called Vondor Waterfall, which is a 6v6 map. Uh, there's only one new map, and then there's a shotgun, which I did see a very, very a quick clip of. Um, it looked really, really fast, but it's supposed to be like... Machine-type shotguns are not new for this series. They've done things like that before, and they're actually quite good. So, And then there's other like Black Cell stuff and that kind of thing. So there you go. Um, so yeah, that's the boys kind of heading on to... Uh, on to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, let's get on to some uh, better stuff here. Um, don't know how many of you, you all remember, uh, but from the PS1 days, there was a character called Gex and another character called Tumby. Not in the same game, they're both in different games in their own series. Out of nowhere this week, there was a YouTube video that was posted, which was a, like, Gex, um, I think it said Trilogy Collection or something. So he's on his way back. It didn't specify if it was like remake, remaster, reboot, whatever it was. But Gex is seemingly coming back. And Tomby, who's another uh, PlayStation sort of classic character, there was a tweet that was put out that somebody had been able to use some sort of technology, obviously all game development uses technology, to put Tomby um, onto modern consoles, onto like, yeah, modern consoles and stuff. Um, the way these two were announced were kind of... I mean, they're not related because they're not the same 
companies and stuff. Um, but yeah, more game preservation, more classics coming back. I'm I'm all for that. And for me, Gex and Tumbi are two series that I'm very aware of, but just never quite got the chance to play, and they're not really accessible elsewhere uh like you can't go on to they're not on the playstation classic you can't get them through the classic selection you can't get them on ps5 i don't know actually if you can because i know if you turn on the ps3 which is actually a ps3 behind this laptop uh it's not plugged in or anything but um if you go on the ps3 you can search for certain classic games and you can do it on the vita i don't know if these games are on that store selection because i've not looked at that for about a year but that's very, very cool. Um, I'm curious and excited to check these out. I don't know if these games will be for me necessarily, but this is from that classics pool of PlayStation 1 games, and I'm all for jumping into those games. Whether they're ones that I've already played, like when Metal Gear Solid 1 comes back, um, I think that's in a couple of months' time with the collection, or uh, see what they do with Silent Hill and all those sorts of games. So um, I'm not like jumping for joy excited because I don't really have... I don't have the nostalgia for these specific series like I do with Crash and, you know, Abe and those sorts of things. Um, these were kind of games that... I don't remember if we even had them. Because I remember certain games that we, we owned on the PlayStation 1. Those were things like Gran Turismo, Abe, Crash, Spyro, a couple of Metal Gear Solid... I think my dad only played the first Metal Gear Solid game. Um, and there was other things like 40 Winks. Um, there, were, there were a lot of PS1 games I sort of... I played some of that stuff, but I spent more time kind of watching my sister and my dad play those games. Um, plus, they were a, like a some of those were a little bit too difficult for me, um, and I wasn't like you know whatever. But uh, you know, now as I'm I, I, as I'm nearing thirty and stuff, and I'm able to you know play games on modern systems and things, it's great to have some of these uh, series come back. Um, any thoughts on Gex and Tombi? Have you played them or seen much of them, or where where do you kind of fit with that? I vaguely, vaguely remember Gex, I think, from a commercial. But I might mm. be confusing it because there's a car insurance company over here in the States that uses a gecko for the oh. for their mascot as well. Um, so I don't know if I'm just mixing the two up. Okay. The other one, I, again, like a vaguish re- recollection. But since I never owned a PlayStation 1, uh, they're not franchises I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. So Gex is an animal, and Tombi, from what I remember, is a little guy with pants on, a bit like how Abe is designed, and he's got pink hair. At least I think that's what Tombi looks like off the top of my head. Um, and it's a 2D, so Gex, I'm actually not completely familiar with, like, I can't remember what genre Gex was in, but I think that's like a platformer. Obviously, back in the PS1 days, you had a lot of those platformer characters. Um... But, um, yeah, so that was that. And then Tombi was a 2D kind of side-scrolling platforming game, which was which was kind of cool. I've, I've seen, I've seen like, a decent chunk of footage of Tombi to remember some of it, but Gex is a little bit more uh, not quite clear in my, in my memory as much. I remember Croc quite a lot. I think I played, like, an hour of Croc or something when I was younger. But, uh, again, some of these games were just, like, a little bit too difficult for me and stuff. But I've, I've seen a, a portion of... I, I did read something a long while ago that Croc was maybe making a comeback. But I'm all for all these, like, as many as possible. I mean, again, this is leaning into my nostalgia and stuff, which is very, very cool, obviously. Nostalgia is a powerful thing. But, yeah, we'll see what these are like when they uh, when they come back. Um, I don't remember seeing any specific dates for any of these things, but... Um, 
that's that's very very cool uh what kind of classics would you like to see sort of come back i know you've obviously your childhood's a different era to mine but what would you yeah, like to see most of the games that i would want to see really wouldn't translate well these days um they have tried it a couple of times uh they did that with this one game and it just it was a bad design it was a bad game it wasn't a bad game in terms of story because it never got to that point in terms of like mechanics and controls it was a very bad game um Mm. I would have to say the closest thing would be with the upcoming Baldur's Gate 3. That's using the modern D&D rules, and they're getting very, very, very weird with some of the mechanics. Okay. Like, what the yeah. hell are you smoking kind of weird. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you that off podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, cool. That's what i got for this week. How about yourself? Uh, well, breaking news, and when I say breaking news, it literally popped up. Oh my. On my web browser, when I went to go look up the price of that monitor, uh, Larry Erb, better known to pretty much everybody as uh, Major Nelson, mm. Senior Director of Corporate Communications for Xbox and host of the Xbox podcast, is moving on from his position at Microsoft. Oh. Erb worked at Xbox for over two decades, starting as Editor-in-Chief of Microsoft News Music, which I can guarantee you nobody remembers that, uh, before coming... <laughs> a senior project manager at Xbox during the early days of Xbox Live and Xbox 360. His uh, gained the most notoriety... Blah, 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 can't talk today. He gained the most notoriety for hosting the Major Nelson Radio Podcast, which is a throwback to his days of doing radio, uh, which is one of the first to give players an inside look into game development on the Microsoft end and the people who make them. That got transformed into the official Xbox podcast, which Herb hosted alongside his other duties. Um, before Sp- Phil Spencer became Phil Spencer, Herb pretty much was the face of Xbox for a lot of people. So this is obviously a big departure for Xbox, especially coming off of last month's showcase, which, you know, call me a fanboy if you want, but Microsoft, between their showcase and the Starfield showcase, absolutely crushed to that day. Arab um, did make a statement on Twitter saying, quote, After 20 incredible years, I have decided to take a step back and work on the next chapter of my life and my career. As I take a moment and think about all we have done together, I want to thank the millions of gamers around the world who have included me as part of their lives. Also, thanks to the Xbox team members for trusting me to have a direct dialogue with them and our customers. The future is bright for Xbox, and as a gamer... I am excited to see the evolution. Thank you, and I'll see you online. Which, if you listen to the podcast, that's his sign-off. Okay, yeah, I thought so, yeah. So, um, yeah, that kind of came out of left field. Yeah, you know, these things happen. Um, just as you're reading that, I read that Mahershala Ali has left um, Blade, so I guess it's a day for people leaving stuff. It says that's more due to, like, the writer's strike and that sort of stuff, but... Um, yeah, I I haven't been like completely involved with what uh, Major Nelson Larry Herbers has has done, but um, when I have seen him do some stuff, he's again another guy that you know seems good for the job, um, cares about what he's doing, has got a good head on his shoulders, you know that kind of thing. Um, and when I talk about these people that like you know either at the top of companies or are very high positions in companies, 
um yeah, start to analyze them a bit and see, okay, like, what what's their body language like? And do they care about what they're doing? Does it seem like they're even in the right job? And there's lots of different ways to um, analyze these types of people. Like, h how is it, how are they talking about the thing that they're in charge of? And when they get asked questions, how do they respond to stuff? And he seemed like he was uh, very, very good at what he did. So, yeah, no, no ill yeah. will from, from myself. Um, hopefully he does... Uh, well, wherever he ends up next, I'm sure he'll maybe take a bit of a break or something. Um, does it say anything about if this is to do... Because I, I, one of the things that popped into my head was like, oh, if, is this to do with the FTC thing? But you didn't mention that anywhere. Yeah, so. he didn't talk about it on his Twitter post. It, it was a very short article. The actual mm -hmm. article I pulled up said from 35 minutes ago. So when I said this was breaking, I'm not you know, yeah. being hyperbolic. This was literally just announced. I have to assume that this has been in the work for a while because it's not that uncommon because um, we've covered stories like this before where somebody's worked a job for 20 years and they just decide they want to do something else. I mean, 20 years is a very, very long time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to think of other people that have been in similar positions for a long time. I just thought of Kevin Feige because he's been the MCU's head for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I wonder who's going to take that job if and when he, he leaves. I don't want him to because I still think he's doing a great job. But, uh, yeah, people move on from positions sometimes. So you never quite know. Um, but, uh, yeah, wish him the best. No ill will from myself. And, um, yeah, good luck for the future. So, yeah. uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about? Well, I didn't mean for today to be a, an Xbox heavy day, but that's just the way the news came up. Mm -hmm. On uh, Sunday, there was an Xbox... At ID at Xbox Showcase featuring some of the indie games. I know you didn't catch it. I kind of missed it too because I got told the wrong times by the news articles. Oh. It was already an hour and a half into it by the time I started. Um, so I've just been going over the uh, um, things that got announced. Um, the only real big ones, Everspace 2. Did you ever play Everspace? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It was an, it was an interesting game. It wasn't bad. It was a space shooter roguelike to where you you flew into a section of space blew some stuff up collected resources did some stuff and then zipped out again uh the sequel's coming out uh tomorrow actually um saturday the 15th it'll be available on game pass obviously uh the interesting thing is it's actually hopping genres so it's going away from the roguelike and it is going into the super uh, semi-open world RPG exploration, level up, crafting, uh, equipment management, and such. Um, another interesting game is Mike Magnolia's Hellboy Web of Weird, which is going to play as a uh, action-adventure um, in partnership with Dark Horse Comics. Uh, even though it's not part of Microsoft, they showed off the next uh, Jack's, Jackbox Party game. Uh, so they announced a couple of the upcoming games for that. And then the only one that really caught my eye, just because of how utterly stupid it was, <laughs> uh, you know the meme that we've talked about a few times to where we say, uh, can I copy your homework? Yeah, just don't make it obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a game coming out. Um, they don't actually say who developed it. They don't even have the guts to put their names on it. But it's a knockoff of Fall Guys. Guess the name. Just pick like a random word. Guys, fool. 
close. <laughs> it's called Stumble Guys. Oh wow. Yeah, and you look up, and it's literally just. I, I think I don't know if the, it's a thing over in the UK. It's basically the Wish.com version of Fall Guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if Wish.com is a thing over there. I'm not. I'm not quite sure if it is, but I, I've yeah, I've heard of that um, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wish.com is a website over here in the states to where what they show you on the website and what shows up at your door don't ever look the same. Mm. It's kind of like how yeah. in adverts, when you see food, it never looks that good when you hit the drive-thru. Basically mm. that, but for like dresses and desks and chairs and things like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've, I've heard of it. I'm just not sure if it's uh, popular over here and stuff. Um, yeah, I did miss this entire thing, so I'm kind of um, letting you do the recap and stuff here. But um, that is that is kind of funny. I did. Speaking of that, I was going to make this a a story, but I didn't bother to. There was some game spotted on was it Switch? I think that was um, again a like copy or homework version of Last of Us, and like the character models were like slightly different and stuff. And I was like, okay, we can tell. And I think it was called the the date the the last days of us or something mm -hmm. um so you've, you've seen those sorts of things knocking around before but uh, other than that i don't have much to add because i didn't watch this uh this thing so yeah cool so the other microsoft news we have obviously is there all the drama with the federal trade commission oh, so boy. we have kind of three big things about that first off is that the judge ruled in favor of microsoft for the temporary restraining order. Obviously, I wasn't overly shocked about that because the last podcast we talked about how the FTC never really appeared to make its case. Uh, the judge kept having to reprimand the lawyer because it was constantly talking about how the merger might affect Sony versus their directive as the FTC to protect consumers. And since the lawyer was focusing so much on that, we I personally didn't really think they were going to rule in favor of the FTC, um, and they didn't. What I didn't know is apparently this is uh, par for the course for the FTC, which I'll get into later, but this is the director, uh, who's the director's name? Uh, Lena Khan is the chair of the FTC. This is the fourth uh, case that she's brought to the courts mm -hmm. to try to block a merger. She's lost all four. So not the best track record, no. but we'll get into her drama you know, llama later. Uh, so the judge released a statement basically saying the FTC presented no actual evidence showing how the merger would affect consumers negatively. In fact, some of the evidence they presented showed that um, it would actually benefit in some ways because they kept bringing up Game Pass Mm. and Sony's equivalent, but the argument that the Microsoft was making, which the judge agreed with, was that this would actually force Sony to improve their service in terms of games offered because they don't do day one new, new releases like Microsoft does with literally every studio they own, um, things like that. And mm -hmm. so what do you do when you get clowned on by the judge and you lose your fourth case in a row? You file an appeal, of course. Yeah. Uh, the FTC the next day filed an appeal to the federal court judge that cleared the way uh, for Microsoft to purchase uh, Blizzard 
you know, Activision Blizzard. And like I said last week, winning the case did not mean that Microsoft now owns them. It just means that block in their path that to things, own them yeah, yeah. is out of their way. Mm. Um, the judge has until uh, the uh, temporary restraining order that is actually in effect expires uh, 11.59 p.m. tonight, Friday, July 14th. Mm. Um, so that's going to be kind of the ringing of the bell as to what happens. Um, Lulu Ching uh, Messervy, and I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, Activision Blizzard's CCO and EV of Corporate Affairs uh, tweeted out, the facts haven't changed. We're confident with the U.S. that, that the U.S. will remain among the 39 other countries where the merger can close, we will look forward to reinforcing the strength of our court case again. Um, Mikey Barra, president of Blizzard Entertainment, equipped uh, your tax dollars at work. Um, and in between when Microsoft, when the judge ruled in favor of Microsoft and today, Turkey just cleared the road for their court cases. They're given the go-ahead of Microsoft to um, purchase Blizzard, so that's another country. Um, the EU regulators will still have some concerns about cloud gaming, but approved the deal earlier this year. Um, and there's also talks that the CMA, um, the issues that the CMA is having with Microsoft, that Microsoft might sell off some of their cloud um, IPs okay. to telecoms or gaming interests in the UK, but just the cloud parts of it um, to try to ease the CMA. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Um, the only thing I really have to say is, and this goes for, like, this isn't just, I don't just feel this way because of this. This is because of other things and also because of uh, Maynard's takeover situation. I get very, very tired of adults who don't act and talk like adults in situations that require it um we've had a lot of sort of not necessarily specific to what you just explained but we've had some very kind of what i would consider childish or not very mature statements come out of this more so from the jim ryan playstation side of like oh god please don't take call of duty away from us and it's like calm down jim just just calm down um but the problem with the problem with that is is that if one person involved in all these things says something, then makes an appeal, then that takes ages, and then we get through that, and then we get back to the main thing, and then that goes on and on and on and on. And, on. Um, and from sitting through this whole, the main night takeover situation, which has been eight months, and this situation with the Activision Blizzard thing, which has been, well, actually longer than that, but been quite a while, um, sometimes you just kind of want adults to act like adults and speak like adults and actually try to properly discuss things and try to come to a agreement instead of just dragging things out and i know that there's a business side to this and nobody wants to lose on the business side and i i get that but i just think sometimes there's better ways to handle stuff um and that part of it just kind of annoys me a bit um yeah, the the cloud part is is kind of interesting. Um, I don't. See and that I did as... find the specifics of that in the article. Uh, Microsoft's deal with the EU included a key remedy that involves a free license 
to consumers in EU countries that would allow them to stream via, quote, any cloud gaming streaming device service of their choice, end quote, all current and future Activision Blizzard PC and console games that they have a license for, they being the individual users. Yeah. Cloud providers will offer, also be offered a free license to stream these games. So they're not selling the IP. I was wrong about that. But they're basically saying, as Microsoft, we're not going to charge you if you want to stream these games as long as you have purchased the license to play these games. Right. Yeah. No. Cool. Um, just to uh, circle back to something I was talking about, because I, I snuck in a bit of film news there. Uh, Mahershala Ali has not left Blade. That was a clickbaity part of what I'd what I'd read. It was just that the um, the film itself is on pause because of this writer strike stuff. But the the additional information that Mahershala had left was not in the actual article. So um, yeah, if if you if you're excited to see Mahershala in Blade, which I am as well, uh, he's not left the the project. So. Uh, it's just on pause because basically everything is at the moment. So that that I knew that happened. That came out like two three months ago. So yeah, because they've yeah. been having some the uh, script issues before the strike. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about that as well. But this is to do with the uh, pausing because of the strike. There's so many strikes like all over the place. There's strikes for like NHS workers and rail workers and bunch of other people and teachers and then there's the writers strike and the actors strike now and it's like everybody's gone on strike for everything so um yeah it's a bit frustrating uh cool what else did you want to talk about uh well the third part of the ftc news doesn't directly affect microsoft it's more for the uh, chair of the ftc lena khan um she was already in front of congress yesterday um for another uh legal case and Microsoft got brought up. Uh, some interesting things got brought up. Uh, probably the most significant, remember it's like a month or so ago, we talked about how one of the lawyers for the CMA used to work for a law firm that had Sony as a client and failed to divulge that. Is that ringing a bell? Oh. Sorry, you cut out for a second now, what'd you say? Oh, the we talked about a month or so ago uh, the CMA, one of the lawyer, one of the senior lawyers involved in the CMA, previously worked at a law firm that had Sony as a client. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then didn't disclose that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, well, this one's a little bit more serious. Apparently, Lena Khan is not allowed to represent herself as the counsel in legal matters. Now, she does have a license. She did pass the bar, but as of. Uh, um, February, I'm sorry, July 13th this year, her status as a attorney is listed as delinquent, meaning she has not kept up with her fees to maintain a counsel status, meaning I'm a, a law counsel, I represent the law for this firm. Mm -hmm. She's not allowed to do that because she had, and I didn't know this, but apparently after you pass the bar, you have to maintain um, fees to maintain your license to practice. She didn't have her license taken away. She wasn't stripped, she wasn't debarred or anything like that. But she cannot represent herself as counsel in legal matters. Oh. And she could possibly face fines and even possible criminal charges because of that. Um, yeah, it says here, date admitted, which I think means the day she passed the bar. I don't know 
I'm not that familiar with New York State uh, mm-hmm. law, but it says date admitted um, 7-16-2020. So she must have passed the bar at the end of, you know, towards the end of 2020. But it's, it says her relationship status is delinquent. So that's going to throw a monkey wrench into everything. And then mm. at the uh, at the uh, hearing that she was already at, um, she basically got clowned on by the senators. Um, who is it? Uh, Representative Kevin Kelly uh, from California actually asked her if she has a the she asked her a question about the cases cases her agency had lost, as I mentioned before, uh, lost four of them in a row. She responded, we fight hard when we believe there's a law violation, and unfortunately things don't go our way. Uh, uh, Kaylee later responded with that, are you in the habit of bringing cases that you expect to lose? Khan said, absolutely not. Uh, Kelly replied, well, your track record seems to suggest otherwise. (laughs) Oof. That's a big oof. That's, you know, we just need a, like a rim shot or emotional damage for that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, that's an interesting uh, development. Again, this kind of goes back to what I was like. You know, adults kind of acting like adults and stuff. Um, but then again, you know, not just in the entertainment industry. Obviously, you get politicians that are sort of. politicians take jabs at each other all the time yeah i don't care about that um i think that was more because i did watch about 10 minutes of the whole exchange and you know it's about as exciting as watching paint dry but Uh you know if if some people i've known a lot of people if you could tell that joke they tell that joke Mm. um so it's not like he was insulting her but it was it was a good comeback. It was, it was a very good clapback. I will admit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, did you have anything else to say about this or anything else? Uh, nothing about this per se, but I do still have one more story. Okay. Uh, hardware developer Razer, which makes nice keyboards, things like that, has uh, is investigating a, quote, potential breach after hackers tried to sell encryption keys, database, backend, access logins, for a hundred thousand dollars, wow. uh, Razer says that it was alerted to the possible hack of Razer Gold on July 9th. It is currently investigated. The hack was first reported, excuse me, was first reported on Twitter by FalconFeeds.io, which said a user in the hacker forums claims to be selling the Razer database source code, encryption keys, etc. It says the authentic- authenticity of the claim has not been verified, but noted that Razer has suffered a data leak back in 2020, presumably a reference to the accidental reveal of more than 100,000 accounts accounts in September this year. The hacker is asking $100,000 in Monero, um, which is a cryptocurrency, which promises total anonymity for the users. Um, While most mainstream cryptocurrencies, uh, cryptocurrencies can be verified and traced Monero, quote, uses various technologies to ensure the privacy of its users. Um, I know literally nothing about crypto aside from the fact that it exists. Yeah. Yeah. But as always... I don't know how it works or, like, anything really about it. I mean, if I wanted to, I could research it and look it up, but... 
Well, see, um, I have researched yeah. some of it, and yeah. I kind of understand slightly the technology. Mm. What nobody is able to explain to me is why that it has value outside of the fact that everybody accepts that it has value. Yeah. Like if you look precious metal, stones, you know, gold, silver, diamonds, whatever, there's the physical component. Yeah. You talk yeah. something a little bit more abstract, like art, sports memorabilia, NFTs. things like that. And that, well, no, because sports memorabilia, um, you know, unsealed Super Mario game cards, you know, things like that, they're still the physical object. Mm. Anything that's purely digital only exists in the digital. There's no physical copy, so there's no way to really deal with it. Yeah. Crypto doesn't even deal with that. It's yeah. kind of an abstract thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, these things do happen, I suppose. I mean, we heard about something similar with CD Projekt Red. We've heard about the same thing with lots of different companies. So um, hopefully they're able to uh, to deal with it. But um, yeah, speaking of the NFT stuff, that's kind of like thankfully died down a bit. And people oh, yeah, thankfully people that went away. People aren't buying gorilla pictures for $3,000 or whatever it was. $300,000, yeah. Yeah, a, a, a lot of money. Um, I still remember one of uh, Angry Joe's more interesting videos, um, where someone someone bought a blue square from a vending machine for, as an NFT, and he kind of like lost his mind. I know it's part of like his his shtick and everything, but it was uh, still kind of funny. So yeah, um, but yeah, people do buy kind of strange things, I suppose. So. Um, Cool. Did you have anything else to say about this? Nope, that's what I got. Alrighty, let's get some feedback, some emails and stuff. If you would like to write into the show, let us know about any news, any games you're playing, games you're looking forward to, or any other kind of stuff, really. That's totally fine. Uh, Matthew Entertainment, talk.org, Twitter, eTalk UK. And there's information in your show notes. I'm going to swap these emails around because I want to get to a particular one first. Um, Vicky writes in. Um, says, I'm sorry, but I really tried both The Last of Us 1 and 2 and just didn't really like any of it and felt weird. I wanted to write in a while ago, but felt silly. Um, just wanted to clear up that, like, you never have to apologize for not enjoying a game. Never. Um, you don't even need to apologize to the developers or, or anybody if it's simply a case of you've bought a show, a game, a film, a comic book, and it just didn't click with you. You don't owe anybody an apology. Um, so I know you're saying, probably saying that because obviously I'm a big fan of the games. Um, but you don't owe anybody an apology. And, uh, if you wanted to write in about anything similar, because I understand why you may have felt silly, but I really hope that that isn't... The case for people listening, um, I don't want any of you to feel silly about writing in anything, unless it's something that's actually silly or it's a silly joke or, you know, it's meant to be. Um, But if it's just a simple opinion about something, then uh, it's fine. I'm not going to moan at you. Robert's not going to, I assume, moan at you either. Um, You played a game and you didn't go on with it, and that's that's absolutely fine. Um, Yeah, I mean, not even with the video games, Matt and I on several things have widely different opinions mostly he loved the eternals i fell asleep in it i love twice. that film in the in the theater i fell asleep twice oh. during that movie but you know we just have different tastes it happens yeah 
yeah. Um, but it's the way of the world. I mean, you know, people enjoy things, people don't enjoy other stuff. It's cool when we both, not not just me and you, but it's cool when a set of people both like something and they can talk passionately about it, but it's also interesting when people disagree. So, no, I, I don't want anybody to feel silly about that. I don't want anybody to feel bad or feel like they have to apologise. You don't owe anybody an apology. So, just to make that very clear. Um, I understand if maybe you're nervous to write something in, but I hope that you don't. And I also hope that it's got brought up a little bit this week. Um, I wanted to kind of tie this in slightly. Um, it's a bit more of a football-related thing, but I don't know if you saw that um, there was a footballer this week called Delhi Ali. He used to play for Tottenham and he used to play for England. And um, he um, spoke out about issues he's had and uh, like his his trauma and life and stuff like that. And one of the reasons he unfortunately did that was because tabloids, who are a nasty, nasty thing in the UK, had approached him and said, hey, we found out information about like your past and stuff because that's what those groups of people do. And we're about to reveal it. And he felt that there was essentially a ticking time bomb um, of like he wanted to control the narrative of his own story. Um but there's such thing as like safe spaces for, for lots of different issues and things and um, just on like a more serious kind of note, I suppose. Um, I do hope that anybody who feels like writing into Entertainment Talk feels like this is a safe space because it is. Um, again, we can agree and disagree on different opinions, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know in which situation people would write in about like really serious stuff, but if you want to like do that in some way shape or form or whatever um yeah i like yeah that's that's the best way for me to kind of describe that so uh i mean i'll give an example let's say let's say it's a case that because this has happened to a few people it's happened to myself as well let's say you played a game and it like pulled you out of a really bad mindset didn't fix your problem necessarily but it it like gave you comfort for a few hours or something and you want to like tell us about that maybe or, or something again as long as you feel comfortable to tell us, I'm not trying to like force anybody to say anything. I wouldn't want to do that. And I, you know, in different scenarios in life, I'm sure we've all been there where we've we've wanted to speak about something but have not necessarily felt comfortable to do that. And it's not even necessarily about like the people who are in your life and if you do or don't feel comfortable. It's about sometimes it's just about starting that conversation. So. Yeah, if anybody wants to talk about anything related to that, um, I hope that you feel that this is a, a safe space. Um, do you get do you get what I mean in that, Robert? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but hey, if you're not ready to write in or whatever, and that's the case, then absolutely take your time. So, anyway, um, but it, it, I mean, it's a shame that you didn't like the game. So, I it would be cool if you did, but. Um, let me know, by the way, which version of Last of Us 1 you played, because obviously there's only one version of Last of Us 2, um, and there's three versions of Last of Us 1, because I would kind of understand a little bit, now that I'm actually thinking about this a little bit more. Um, if you'd like booted up a PS3 and played Last of Us, and you thought it was a bit old, a bit clunky, graphics didn't look great, I'd kind of understand that. Um, so yeah, try and write in if you can, and let me know which version of Last of Us 1 you you actually played heck maybe you played on pc because i heard that the pc port was let's say not very good so uh josh writes in and says uh, i tried the playing neo and loved it um was a struggle but i liked the challenge have either of you played it i have played some neo 
I think it's a very good game. But again, it hits that barrier of like... Um, what, what two examples I've used is Returnal and Demon Souls. Both all, all these types of all these types of like Soulsborne esque games where you have to start at the very beginning of a section. There is no real kind of the only checkpointing you get in games like that is with certain bosses, and they're as hard as nails to to get through. Which is kind of the design of it, but there's like a a loop to it. But it depends on how much that loop clicks with you and that sort of thing so there's been a lot of examples of like I, i've played i've tried bloodborne a number of times i've tried returnal a number of times demon souls i tried a little bit of dark souls i really didn't like it at all i don't know if that surprises anybody um but i've also heard there's like different remastered versions of dark souls so maybe i played one like one of the bad ones or something it just felt really just naff to me um other ones have I tried? I've tried uh, Sekiro. Sekiro is maybe one of the more accessible ones where I did actually beat like five, six bosses in that game. And then I came across a boss and I looked up a guide and everything and I just could not get past it. I was trying to do everything it was recommended and I just couldn't. But that's a very good game. Um, have you played Nier at all? or like? What I, you... I have not, but then again, much with first-person shooters... That's not a genre I really got into. The last one yeah. that I came even close to playing was uh, Woe Long, and that's only because it was on Game Pass, so I could try it for free. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I played one. a little bit of it, but um, and I agree with you on the handhelding, but I would have liked a little bit more pre-instructions with the magical aspect of the game because I, I fumbled around with that and didn't really make any headway with it. Mm. Yeah. Going back to Demon Souls for a minute, which is that and Returnal probably my two favorite of those types of games. Like Returnal's story really intrigued me, and then my interest waned off when you have to start the bits again. The thing, the singular thing that would make those games make me jump back in and try is because I mentioned the Tower Knight before, which is the boss that I got stuck on. I did beat the boss before that, which was the Fire one. I think I did that on a stream actually. I can't remember. Um... It's like, okay, let's say the Tower Knight kills me, or I die in that area, because it is in its own area. You have to go through the um, mist, or whatever it is for, for that. Um, why can't you let me just have the checkpoint as the boss? Like the, So the, the very second I walk through that, was it a cloud or whatever it is, I can't remember, I can't remember what it actually is. You walk through a certain thing. Um, give me those, that same health, stats, items, and let me do that again as a checkpoint. Rather than taking away all of my souls, and making me start from, like, the beginning section of, of where that is. Because then I have to go through another 20 to 30 minutes of, like, getting through the enemies, if I even do that. I just found that tiring. But from a gameplay perspective, I was very, very impressed with Demon Souls and with Returnal. I think they're both incredible games. Like mechanically and everything, and granted, Returnal's got more of a direct story than what uh, Demon Souls does, because Demon Souls is one of them Bloodborne ones where you you read stuff, you read about things that have happened rather than specific cutscenes. Um, perhaps a hot take or, or whatever you want to call it on Bloodborne. I've tried that game legitimately probably ten times. I never ever felt that sort of like best game on playstation absolute master like i never my opinion never got anywhere near i think it's a very good game i think it's a little outdated and it could use a like a fresh not not a remake or a remaster but like a fresh version of it like a 60 fps 
1080p sort of, you know, that that type of thing, which some devs can just do that as a patch. I think it could use a bit of that because it is a little bit old now, at least compared to the two games I've just mentioned. But I never felt that sort of like I'm playing a really awesome game. Like it's a good game mechanically and stuff, but then I went and played Demon Souls, which yes is a newer version of that compared to what Bloodborne is. But I was like, this is a much. Be- I'm feeling like this is a much better game. Um, that the mechanics and stuff were better, but may- maybe Bloodborne could just use that bit of a bit of a bit of a sprinkle of life, if you want to call it that. Which a lot of Bloodborne players have called for. Like every time we get one of these showcases and things, um, players have kind of called for it to get remastered and stuff. I think that's from 2015, Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not terribly old, but not new. I mean, you're talking about a PS4 game, so... You know. Yeah, and, and coming from my end, it's not like I haven't played my share of hard games. Mm. I mean, hell, you know, I cut my teeth on uh, Battletoads and Ghosts mm. and Goblins and Ninja Gaiden on the NES. I mean, I'll I'll put that way harder than any of these Bloodborne games because you're talking about 7 frames a second versus 60 <laughs> or whatever. You're talking about enemies that would respawn if you move back too far and then move forward again, um, terrible hitbox, you know, geometry. Yeah. Um, also, the games were designed to be quarter munchers, so they were designed mm. to kill you as fast as possible, whereas something like Bloodborne is, you know, at least you have a dodge and a roll and a heal. You don't. You didn't have any of those things. Uh, uh, yeah. And I understand that there's this... I've I've always heard that there's like a learning curve, like you're learning the path that you go through, that that twenty to thirty minute path that you go through. But like, okay, if I get through that path the first or second time and I get to the boss, the boss should be my reward. My punishment shouldn't be start that twenty minute path again because I've got I, I've got like, I I do know that path. I know where the enemies are going to be and stuff. But I've heard of like, oh, you need to intricately learn it and know exactly where. Like, I know where the the things are going to be but my problem with things like Returnal and Demon Souls wasn't that path that you go through that first bit and granted Returnal is a bit different because it has like um a different layout to it but like Demon Souls I know that path I don't need to learn that I, I need to learn how to beat the boss not the path that comes before it so I, I've never quite like got on board with like oh yeah i need to to do i need to do this bit over and over again it's like no i need to get back to the boss and try that bit again because that's the actual bit i died on so anyway that's just that's just the way i look at it so um but i I, if someone said hey matt guarantee that when you play try either of those two games your checkpoint will be the boss i'll absolutely jump back in and try those again because i think that would be more fair maybe but you know this game's aren't necessarily designed to be fair so Anyway, that's what we got for you for this week's episode. A uh, good chunk of stuff this week um, that, that was coming out. There was a little nugget as well that um, Gustavo... I can't remember his surname, the, the composer for, for The Last of Us music. Let slip, apparently, that there's a um, PS5 version of Last of Us 2 in development. And one thing he said was you'd be able to go up to his character in the game and request a song. Um, there's There's been some murmurings about, like, a... PS5 patch version uh, for The Last of Us 2. It just depends, like, is this a fully from the ground remake like Part 1 was, or it would it just be like a um, director's cut situation where it's like a $10 upgrade? I'd hope I'd hope it would be the, the, the latter. Um, but I 
drop both games I'm playing, and I would I would go I would go through that again if if that was the case. So um, we'll see if anything comes comes from that. I think that my, my guess would be I think that is happening, but it depends on because like factions is in a little bit of turmoil, um, but it's still in development, so they may be doing that. But then they're also working on season two. But then there's a writer strike for that, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. So anyway. Um, yeah, that's what we've got for you for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. You can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, for TV, games, films, main eye podcasts, and on your favourite podcast platforms as well. Uh, if you want to support the podcast and Entertainment Talk, you can either listen to more of the episodes that we do, uh, so check out more of those. Uh, you can also Patreon, uh, $5, $10 level tiers, add free podcast review options. Look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, word of mouth, social media, let other people know about what we're doing and where they can find it. That's the simplest way to do that. Uh, just uh, you know, mention it to people that you know or whatever. Um, what else is there? Uh, TV and film news over on geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. It feels like I haven't spoken to David in like a year, but it's only been yeah, no. oh, it's only been like four or five weeks. Uh, this was a little bit because he he does tend to do this um, break in the summer. I remember he did it last year and the year before, but it literally feels like it's been a year. I mean, I've messaged him about a few things and that, just like uh, the, the odd stuff, but. Actually speaking to him, it feels like it's literally been about a year. Like that time has gone very slowly, because uh, of course we're looking to get back to um, our Breaking Bad podcast when he comes back. I think that's not next week, but the week after. So I don't know if that will be the same week that Geek Town returns, because that's his podcast. That's for TV and your film news, uh, renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates. So yeah, Geek Town Radio uh, Tuesdays. Look out for that coming back soon, and GeekTown.co.uk. Um, so there's all that. Bex over on Twitch, Trista B Y T E S. She's up to a lot of things. Uh, the moment to go and support her work. She's doing just all kinds of cool stuff. So go and support her. Go check out what she's up to. Trista B Y T E S across most things. So check out what she's up to. Me on Twitch at E Talk UK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. I've still got a lot of game clips to upload, but I haven't had the time. But uh, I will put those up when I can. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.